he's never seen me fight live. He, he his news in school on uh, Monday is going to be. I flew to Boston and watched my dad fight in the UFC. Are you going to split your bonus with him if you get it? No, definitely, but he says he's going to scream. Um, he's Sound of business? He's already, yeah. Paul's really nice like that, you know. He doesn't need the money in fair. He just jacked up him walking on. The chap's loud. My dream is to be world champion, world lightweight champion in the UFC, have more money than I know what to do with, and have a great life for my, my kids, my grandkids, everyone in my, in my family, everyone that's, that's come up with me. That's my dream. Episode 44 of the Severe MMA podcast is officially here. Andrew McGahan joined, as always, by Sean Sheehan. And Sean, I know you saw my tweet just a couple of minutes ago about a chocolate bar. Yeah. Patch Bears chocolate bar, especially for Andrew, that my mm-hmm. mom got for me. <clears throat> I'd like to... I know you usually finish the podcast on a beautiful note. I'd like to start... Fuck, I actually p- forgot about getting one this week. I better look one up. Look, you've got an hour and a half probably to find <laughs> a good one. I don't think it'll be too hard. Um, here's here's a nice wee I don't want to say sonnet to open the, the podcast but memento perhaps yeah go on here's a cheeky little bear he says this chocolate's just like you cause there's nothing that's a patch on it and it's special through and through well Jesus isn't that lovely <laughs> isn't that deep <laughs> do you know I actually think I could um, I could read Children's books, audiobooks for children. Yeah, I reckon you're good. You've, you've, you're a good orator. Orator? Yeah, that's the word, isn't it? Um, I don't know. Oris, see, orator? I, <laughs> that's funny how to pronounce that word. Oris Inspector. Orator? I don't know. Hold Vocalist, on. maybe. Doesn't, does, uh, My mouth opens and it talks. That's about it. There is, um, but I did, I did have to do a load of like, assignments for that in college. So, like, we'd have to record stuff, edit it, produce it, but for different audiences. So, there'd be stuff, um... Oh, my God, I still remember it. Mrs. Mulligan's Muffins. Mrs. Mulligan's Muffins? Yeah. Oh, How my now, God. How now, brown cow? No, 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 it was nothing like that. It was, like, you'd have to, like, get a full script yourself and mark it and see, like, where you should be elongating words and, like, em- like fresh, delicious, homemade muffins. Unique New York. Yeah, it it wouldn't be stuff like, (laughs) go down to the shop today (laughs) and purchase one of Mrs. Mulligan's muffins that are nice. Do you see where I'm going there? I know, yeah, I I know what you're saying. You just don't care, that's all right. I don't care. I often heard, you know, Luke Kelly. You a fan of Luke Kelly, Dubliners? No, not really. No, is is that, wait a minute, I could say something here that would like really probably annoy a lot of people. Go on. No, like, is is he not your man that's... No, I'm thinking of the... I was about to say, is he not your man that's in the Ra? But <laughs> that's the Wolf Tones. <laughs> uh, but Luke Kelly used to talk about, like, elongating words like that. and Wait. You pronounce Luke right. Kelly or Christy Moore? Am I mixing that? Yeah. Well, They're two separate the people, like, aren't they? Are you serious? Yeah, I know. Gen- like, the only reason I know Christy Moore is because everyone pretended they loved him at Oxygen that time. Like, oh, Christy Moore's walking it. It's like, you honestly don't give a fuck, like... Why? Well, like, cool. You're some prick. I'm, I'm, I'm insulting. You fangled. I'm insulting the look. Just because you got smoked last week, right? And and not even in Ireland is fucked. This country is finished. (laughs) This country has gone down to shitter. It is. Like I, I was gonna. I was trying to think of a fighter that failed 
uh, UFC drug test for cannabis off the top of my head outside of the Diaz brothers. Pat, I, Bar- um, Pat uh, fucking Bam Bam Healy. Okay, well, just because you got smoked in the pole worse than Pat Healy <laughs> last last week about what Tato's actually are or are not, um, I was gonna, I was gonna so you're go. You're calling Tato's now yourself? No, no, no. See, they are crisps. You just said you just call them. No, tato's. because I, I said Tato's are or are not. Look, Victory we're four minutes in here. I can cut this short now. I can, I can. Victory is mine. Drop Mike, you know, walk off I'm, the stage. I'm, I'm like those guys, you know, the girls that go into give inspirational speeches, and he goes, "If I can just change the mind of one person, I have, I've won. That's a victory for me." And like, I consider this a victory because I've got you, Santelas. I actually have a bit of a mo- okay. I found the topic that we're gonna open to discuss uh, the go podcast. On, I hate Amnesty International people that work oh. on the streets. Well, yeah, those people right and concerned people. Yeah. You see, okay, this is where my hate for them has started. I was an impressionable young sixteen-year-old. Okay, set the scene. I'm walking down O'Connell Street in Dublin, Saturday afternoon, thinking I'm pretty much a big man that I've gone up to the big smoke and back by myself. Sounds terrible already. Uh, you see, the reason that I was up in Dublin is even worse. I was um, I was on the Dáil na Nóg, Sean. Oh yeah, you talked you talked about this before. Have I? The yeah. First episodes, yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, now that we have a an en masse audience, wait a minute. I probably told some cracking story. Did I tell you about the William? <laughs> like now that the or, audience has grown, we need yeah. to expand these. Like, did I tell you about the William Wordsworth story? Yes, you did. Okay, very quickly in both. I was on oh, the oh. Dolan and Oak Council, which is. Uh, the young doll and we used to always think that we could actually do something and then I was stopped by a stopped by a concern worker in the street so this was in my yeah you know I'm helping people I'm on the doll and oak blah 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 I'll listen to this lady this uh, this person so blah 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 and then it come I thought she just wanted to talk Sean this is it a young impressionable boy on the street 16 oh a stranger wants to talk to me about stuff yeah okay I'll be interested and then she starts talking about money and per month direct debit and I said sorry I'm 16 and then she looked at me and then was like I could tell she wanted to just say you fucking prick you've kept me here for 15 minutes and you don't even have a bank account for me to get my commissionary sign up off she looked like you come into our house on Christmas Eve and pissed on our children that's what she looked drenched like drenched in, in rain yeah all over the new rug can't, you can't blame him either, though. No, you. No, well, look, and then finally to finish that off, and this is a, a a nice opening topic to the podcast. If anybody remembers this page, holla at your boy. That's me. You know, this wasn't even that long ago. That you oh, was it not? <laughs> Remember that was the episode Ari listened to, and he started tweeting. us like, "What the fuck are these boys talking about?" <laughs> Andrew, that was two years. That was two weeks ago. <laughs> it was about like six weeks ago, maybe. Oh, really? Oh, well yeah. then. It was. It was during leaving start time. I'm, I'm Sh- sorry, Sean. Sorry, Sean. Six I weeks ago, results. what leave insert was being done? Leave insert results. I think it could have been leave insert time, genuinely though. Maybe it could have been. Yeah. So it's hard to tell. Uh, if you we're, were coming f- up on our year episode, our fucking year. Yeah, like, we're getting very close to be honest, yeah. because we haven't missed a week, and we've done more than fifty-two episodes. To, I'd say, to be yeah. fair, in, including yeah, both, all yeah, the extras. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we are going to have to do something special for the year-long year-long anniversary. Get I might, Samuel back. might might get you <laughs> for what? Look at you! No, you're at you. Oh, you, <laughs> you sneery bastard, Sean Sheen. What? what? Nothing. Nothing. You, you, good comment. I'll give you that. 
That's Fair play. I, like, I, I oh, don't know how this no. has become a thing. Because <laughs> I mean, yeah, it wasn't you... that bad. It was grand. Like, it's, just, uh, it's, just, it's an easy go to, isn't it? It's too yeah. easy. Actually, um, I, was a, I just did it. Like, literally, like, in real life, I put my head down. Have you ever seen on the internet, there's that meme. It's like, uh, tips fedora. Do you know the way, like, on message boards years ago, people used to, like, put exclamation marks and talk in the third person? Uh, no no okay well then i was just on some fucking weird message boards when i was younger Um, it's like oh oh no i can't explain i'm gonna have to i will talk about it at length next week when i have it uh, properly established pretty much there's a group of grown men that love my little ponies oh yeah have yeah. you seen them and they're like oh Smithers used to do oh my stuff. randomness is back again here it comes out of nowhere and then the guy would put capital x capital d to make it look like a weird smiley face and it's like there's just loads of I I've uncovered. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Were you on My Little Pony? Um, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was not. But my friend and work was able found a load of it on this on this forum. My f- <laughs> no, 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 no. Do not even try and <laughs> yeah, make it like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know your game. There's there's a meme anyway. It's called Tips Fedora, and it's pretty much like people that wear fedoras are like are losers, and it's like oh. What a what a beautiful young lady! And then it's like tips fedora, like to end the compliment. They're very funny if you look them up. And I I feel sure like I feel like I'm absolutely like I'm sure they are. Would you win? Fuck! I know what I'm getting you for Christmas anyway, little my little pony. <laughs> <laughs> well, just look. Uh, let me know what one first because I might already have it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do. No anyway, more. eleven minutes in. MMA talk or no or nah? Yeah, let's just do a bit of or, MMA talk or, or nah. Yeah. What about what about? Was it? It wasn't yesterday. It was the day before. You were down with Conor McGregor down in SBG. Tell us all about it. Come on, let I, us know. I talked to Sean Sheehan advice. Yeah. Always show up. You know. Take yeah. all the chances that you're given. I was 15 minutes away from going into work, and Graham messaged me. Well, we're going to SBG. Would you be able to interview Conor? And I was like, No, I'm working in 15 minutes. And then he was like, all oh, right, grand. And I was thinking like, no, wait. <laughs> so I rang work and I was like, is there any chance? And they're like, yeah, work away. Go on ahead. It's going to be quiet. So, Did you uh, take up the Andrew McGann advice and turn up like half an hour late? I was actually relatively early. Because like, Dundalk to SBG, according to Google Maps at the time, was an hour and four minutes. What right? the hell is so far? What? That's all. I didn't even get a text. Yeah, no, but that's like middle of the night, so you can kind of break speed limits. Google Maps kind of tells you when there's no traffic, so it was okay. Um, but I had to get petrol. I had to get changed. I had to uh, collect my friend who was going to drive the car home so I could edit the video. And uh, so I got there, I'd say, within an hour and 20 minutes, an hour and 30 minutes of the first phone call. Yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty good going, I have to admit. Good, yeah. So walked, uh, Dave Fogarty got there as well. First of all, Massive congratulations to the man himself, Dave Fogarty, who got bronze at the IMAF. Oh, no. Here, did you hear Graham's newest one? You can't no. say the IMAFs. Why? Because it's not IMAFs. It's I-M-M-A-F-E-D. IMAFed? Yeah. So do you know the way there's the... Or fed. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, it's fed. Like, he just... It's like... It's not that, though. And I was like, oh, Graham, don't start this. I yeah. said, oh, Dave did well at the IMAFs. And he's like... 
but it's not the IMAPs. And I was like, oh, look, dude. Graham, you know what I mean? IMAPs will do fine for this point. It's like as well when you say United from Man United and he goes, oh, Leeds is it? Leeds United. Leeds <laughs> yeah, you're talking United. about Leeds, is it? Leeds, yeah, is it? Leeds. The, Leeds, Leeds, the Red Devils. Like, they're Leeds, there's not even a devil on their shirt. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I hate Graham so much. He's the biggest prick ever. <laughs> Uh, and do you know what the best thing is? People keep thinking Graham is me on Reddit. <laughs> really? Yeah, they're like, OP, oh, yeah, I actually OP thought, I, thank you for posting this interview yeah. of yourself. That's weird, because like, I never ever go on Reddit, and I just happened to go on it last night and I actually saw that. So that's weird. I, I, and I, I commented on someone, I defended you. Did you? Yeah. What's There's, your username? Uh, Shanchi and Ba. Oh, right. I didn't see La, it. Maybe I'm there's one or two threads on it. Because uh, I'm yeah. SD no, time, I'm SD timeout on. Uh, yeah, your name comes up on it though. Yeah, some fella got a flare put onto my profile, oh. so it says Andrew McGatton reporter. Sweet. Um, but anyway, got to SBG. Dave Fogarty got there again. Congratulations. We'll talk about it more later on. He walks in. He gets under the shutter, and then there's like all of Connor's mates are there, and Charlie Ward is there, and they all started like walking towards him. He said he's never been as scared in his life, being like, <laughs> "Who the fuck's this fella? Why is he here?" All of that stuff, and he's like, "Lads, relax." <laughs> and uh, Graham explained to him who like that he was there for severe and stuff like that, and that was fine. But I'd say Dave Fogarty absolutely shit himself. Actually, Dave Fogarty's an SBG man himself, isn't he? Yeah. Well, look. That's exactly it, Sean. You've you've said it now. He's a he's a turncoat. Uh, he told me he's planning on leaving East Coast Jiu Jitsu Academy completely, and uh, just joining SPG. Oh he's already God. affiliated to like to the that SPG with Roddy. But yeah, I know. But he'll be outraged that I put that out there. So you know, yeah. there we go. Those are the breaks. So yeah, <laughs> the interview went pretty well. I got to talk to Artem and got to talk to Gunnar as well. Um, they should be uh, the Artem one will be out a couple. I think we're just going to release it. After the show airs, yeah, um, because you're actually not allowed to interview anyone while the season of tough is still on. So I think we got on, and they're just like, yeah, just release it afterwards, and it's fine. So that was okay. Uh, the gutter one should be out soon enough as well. The Connor one, finally, and I was the better dressed one out of the two of us in the interview. Well, no, <laughs> barely. Well, well, <laughs> I agree. Like, Black and red shirt would have been <laughs> pimping. What about the show? What kind of shoes did you have on? You're, we couldn't see him like, but you were, Well you were no shoes on No shoes on the mats Sean oh, First yeah, and foremost okay. So I had white ankle socks on Actually to be fair ankle And socks. also I had uh, Jiu jitsu spats Underneath the shorts Underneath my suit And I had a jiu jitsu rash guard Underneath my shirt as well Alright So because uh, I was I had them on Because I was going into I was No it wasn't too bad You see it's cold now you see I was yeah. on my way into work And it was freezing So I put them on um, and then the Connor interview I thought it went pretty well He seemed to give a couple of good answers um, And that's it pretty much What did he you seemed think? Very, he seemed very focused didn't he? Yeah, oh yeah Like, like laser like yeah. Laser laser focused like Because this isn't usually a time Like you'd hear from him You'd usually hear from him like You've interviewed him before in camps And it's usually like Maybe like three weeks into his camp Or you know, halfway through, not like coming towards the very end. This is where like the laser focus usually really comes on, or else you hear from him like fight we fight fight week or like ten days out or something when he's getting, you know, when he's kind of getting into promotional mode when the when the weight is coming off and stuff. But it's it's a it's a time you usually don't hear from any fighters. Like you know, just when they're doing their last sparring session, like you could tell that you you could tell that he was really uh, laser eyes and. Yeah, that it was, was it was a good interview. I think like his word, like he's talking about 
you know, he's always talking about his mental preparations and stuff and visualizing stuff. You could tell that he's like he's getting ready to go to Los Angeles. He knows what he's going to do. Like he's prepared and before going to Vegas and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh it's getting close now. Isn't it? What did you make about him going on about the air? It's a very Conor McGregor kind of thing, isn't it? Isn't it? It's, it's like, such like yeah. canvases air. It's like they don't breathe like I breathe. <laughs> they don't move like I move. But he's, uh, I think he's completely right. It's something I've always, like I hate Vegas and it's because of the heat. And it's because of going out there. And the way that he said is like the only people that survive out there are reptiles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, the UFC are based out there, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that went through my head. I was like, someone on the internet is going to put that together and be like, Conor McGregor slams UFC bosses. Fuck, I should have done that. <laughs> yeah, like that's exactly what they're going to do. And it's be all like, oh, but either way, I just thought like the Irish air is actually beautiful. Like the last yeah. couple of nights we've had cold, frosty air opens the lungs. And uh, I do think heading out to LA, nice idea for him. He can get his, some of his media obligations done. Uh, he told me he did something close to 50 rounds in the last four days in SBG sparring. So that's that's a huge number. Like you know, he is he seems completely ready. The guys are training very hard. It was just, I have to say, very very happy that I got the chance to speak to him this close to the fight because it's unlikely you'll get a we'd get a one on one with him in Vegas sort of thing. So to yeah. get his thoughts this close to the fight, just in general, and maybe just before the weight cutting process gets too much to the point that he's drained with every interview that he does, um, very good. And as always. Uh, even if someone's listening that happens to walk past him in the street say this thank you very much Connor as always uh, appreciated it and uh, Sean Sheehan liked it as well so that's always a bonus well I wouldn't go that far I wouldn't go as far as saying I liked it (laughs) Ah, I watched it (laughs) I was actually I was watching a couple of his uh, his fights earlier today just preparing to write my articles up and stuff don't please do not write anything about this fight I won't do it I'll write it night before the fight yeah but um after after they've both weighed in he kind of reminded me, and I think it was you that actually said it to him in like an interview before, you know, about going to Iceland and stuff and whether like he needed to go back to Iceland to get away from everything. And I think he was a bit, like he reminded me a bit like that when he, you know, his Iceland camp before, which, which fight was it? The Bushinger. Oh, but he went to another one when he was in the UFC as well, didn't he? Or was it just the Bushinger one? I'm not too sure to be Did honest. He go there? Oh no, he went over, wasn't he in Iceland before the Paria fight? Yeah, maybe one of them. But like when he comes back from there, he's kind of, you know, he he's different. As he said, like the air and stuff, it's colder and, you know, things kind of, they heal differently. And he, you know, he's a bit like that now. You could tell he was kind of cold and stuff. And he's like looking, waiting to go to the to the sun to kind of, you know, as he said himself, get that Top vitamin D. And, vitamin uh, D. He, sound, he, like, he seemed like he was, you know, in can isolation, just, kind of getting yeah. away from everything. Can we just talk about equality for a minute, please? Because women need a voice too, Sean. If a girl had said she wanted to get some vitamin D, she would be lambasted. And Conor McGregor can go out and say it. Why, why would you Vitamin D, slang for dick. Oh, okay. Jesus. Get with that it. One, get that one went with right over it. my head. That one went right over my head. But uh, what did you think anyway about his... I suppose this was the biggest thing that came from it from me. The croke bark talk. What did you think? Sheehan knows. Do you want me, will I read? Will I read the... Go on, read the quote. Rub it in my face. Sean, just... Can can I just... Can I just set the... Set the scene here? You can. Sean... (laughs) You can, because he knows what's coming. Sean (laughs) Sheehan has spent the last year plus 
Crow Park won't happen. Crow Park won't happen. Never going to happen. Don't bother getting excited for it. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. I'm a negative bastard. And by the way, Crow Park isn't going to happen. I've pretty much summarized you in the last 12 months there. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Down to a T. Here's the, here's the McGregor quotes. You know, I believe Crow Park when I see it. I feel what I've done in Las Vegas and what the Irish people have done. We brought 200 million in revenue to that city. It helped seal the deal and a new MGM deal for the UFC. I believe Crow Park when I see it. I know they say this and they say that, but I feel I might be locked into the MGM for a while. I feel the MGM want me every time because of what we bring. So I'll believe Crow Park when I see it. I think that's very telling. I think it's telling in the sense that he is almost, not that he sounded annoyed by it, but it was like, this is what I have to do. Do you know what I mean? And the one thing that I did pick up on what he said was he had no obligation to fight Mendez due to the state that he was in. He said yeah. he brought in two, like, would have cost the company 200 million for him to f- pull out of that fight. Between the money that they took in, coupled with the money that they had already spent on the promotion and production of the fight. And he, and he did the fight. So, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, why won't... Like, apparently, that fight and Conor McGregor was part of the reason behind the new stadium as well, or something like... like I don't know. No, he wasn't. That stadium... Behind the new UFC deal, maybe. Maybe the UFC deal yeah. with the stadium. Yeah. Maybe. But, um... No, I obviously, was, I realise what I just said. No, it was, that Conor yeah. McGregor fight didn't... The MGM didn't decide, let's build a big stadium. <laughs> Conor may fight in it three times before he retires. But no. I, I know what you mean. The UFC. I hadn't heard about like the union. There was talk of a UFC deal with MGM, but like <clears throat> him saying he helped seal it. Like I don't think anyone. And it's a smart thing that he said that because now people believe it. Even if it's like we didn't. Even if, obviously he the fight was huge, a big drawn, biggest gate and everything. And obviously he did help. But like that's not kind of a thing people will put two and two together unless he says it and now people will do it. it's like Chael Sonnen was the master of doing that and now McGregor's going to do it so it's, it's smart for him it ups his values to the fans in the ring but my takeaway from that was that he wants to fight in the MGM and he doesn't want to fight in Grubber because he realises that it's much more lucrative for him to fight in the MGM oh yeah if, money if wise he, like yeah if he fights in Crow Park Unless they they can move mountains, which I don't think they can, there's going to be no pay per view. They're not going to do a pay per view during the day. And even look, even if it did happen and they did do a pay per view during the day, it's not going to draw half as much as it would during the night. And like his pay per view money is based on how many buys it gets. So, and he's like he said it time and time again that he's a prize fighter. He wants to come in, make as much money as he can in as short a time as he can, and get out again. And Crow Park isn't isn't a way to do that. Maybe if he lost, it might be it might be different. As someone commented that a Joseph Duffy fight or something like that, it could happen. Um, but you know, it's kind of is it risking in putting someone coming in off of a loss, going up a weight to like you know how fickle Irish fans are. Yeah, like, I just, think the only way it happens is if he loses. But I wouldn't rule out the possibility of maybe Crow Park happening without Conor McGregor somewhere down the line. No, not a sport going big enough. No, no, couldn't happen without McGregor. Don't think so. Like I, I could see it happening. Like if he did lose, or I don't know if if Neil Siri was here, he would have just said, <laughs> "Well, it's not happening with Paul Redmond I, anyway." Yeah. Oh fuck, jeez. So we'll talk about that in a while. But I, I just like I don't see it happening for the for the foreseeable future. 
if he wins, it definitely won't happen. If he if he loses, I don't think they're gonna put a fight on straight away with him because of you know uh, the Irish, like a lot of these fans in Ireland now are bandwagon fans, and they'll that bandwagon will be fairly empty if he loses. You know what I mean? Like there's <clears throat> there's a big bunch of hardcore fans, but I don't think there's enough uh, hardcore fans to fill Crow Park. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see anyway. Oh. <sighs> Jesus. So that's anyway. it. Conor McGregor talk over for until the fight, or probably next week until he has another interview and says something very funny. Do you know there's actually, that was really weird. I looked to my left. My mom has this wall on in the computer room that my sister used to draw on. So when she got the room painted, she left a bit of the wall, if you get me. She put a border around it. And oh, yeah. there's, there's a printout of a black and white picture of me interviewing McGregor in Boston. The oh, first time... And uh, as I just turned around, I looked straight at it, and it really scared me. <laughs> He's uh, wearing. Did you, your, did you book your Vegas flights? Or no, not yet. Oh. That's you see. Oh, Sean, you're after ruining the mystique. Because I made a credit union joke in the interview, and I haven't actually gone to them yet. Oh, I just yeah. I want I wanted to play on that joke, you know. Jeez, you're like you're like the com- you know comedians when they make these jokes about this really happened to me and then you find out it didn't actually happen to them. I yeah. hate that. Well, even though you know, like it, it's still you don't. In fairness, mystique, in fairness, in good. fairness to me, right? Yeah. The girl who approved my loan the last time was also going to Vegas. She was out in the nightclub that I work in two weeks ago, and I said to her I was going to have to go back to her for loan, and she said it is awfully soon that they've put his fight on so close, isn't it? So yeah. technically, technically, as a representative of the credit union Hold on, no, is that true is that true or no that's it? genuinely true okay, that probably. part is true but i haven't walked into the credit union and said hello i would like another loan please so if you are a wealthy businessman who listens to the severe MMA podcast and would like to send andrew to vegas send sean some money as well for sean here we're gonna s- <laughs> like i like only for the fact that i would never ever ever do it like I was just waiting for someone to like to fi- see a a GoFundMe or something like that to send yeah. someone to Vegas. I'm just like, no, I would. There was one? Was there? Yeah. Who? Nate the Great had one, didn't he? Oh yeah. Did he get it or did he, he? got it? Yeah, he went. He went I thought. I, I thought. Know. I know he went in the end, but I can I can remember. The I thought the GoFundMe was pulled. Were we not yeah, talking maybe, about it? Yeah, maybe maybe it was. I don't know. I, I don't know. Want, I it's Graham's f- favorite topic. He calls it virtual begging. He calls it online begging. <laughs> I like that. I hate the GoFundMe meetings. They're no, like stupid. I like the I like the make a champ ones where you might give some, like I have donated money to that before. I think it was to Joey Breslin and Lee Hammond so they could go to the World Championships. But that was because they did twelve hours of straight rolling in a day. Do you know what I mean? So they they did twelve hours rolling to raise money. So I donated money to that. So, but just for the crack, I'm like, no, I wouldn't do that. It's like, please give me money so I can go to Vegas. It's like, yeah. no. Like if I did that, I think I would get laughed. So I'm not. I would never do it. No, but moving moving on, I suppose from good news to bad news. Oh, uh, news broke yesterday that Paul Redmond was cut from the UFC. It, I, I suppose. It's re- really weird. Like it is weird. Yeah, I could under timing. yeah, I could understand completely had they've cut him the week after the Scotland card. But why have like he put up a tweet before saying thanks to Shelby and Dana or something like that? It seemed yeah. like he was told he was going to be getting another fight. Then he went out to TriStar. I doubt he would have did that if he knew he was about to get cut because the financial expense that that would have had in him to go out there would have been uh, maybe not too ex- extortionate for a UFC fighter, but enough. 
for a guy that maybe was getting cut a couple of weeks later. Do you know what I mean? I just... And they're I all f- very impressed with him in Trisar as well from everything I've been Yeah, hearing. no, I feel very bad for him. But it opens up the possibility for him, first of all, to go back to 155. There was the thoughts and discussions that maybe he wasn't ready for the UFC when he got signed, but you have to answer the call. Maybe two or three more top 155ers in Europe would have put him in a good position. Yeah. But now... He's also in an even worse position. I think he, he could be in a... Like, it's a good position from that he can go back to 155, his comfortable weight, and get a couple of impressive wins. But now he has the Shea Mills on his head. You know, ex-UFC fighter. He's a name. A lot of people in Europe are going to be calling him out to try and get a fight with him on their own journeys to the UFC, similar to what Cahill did with uh, Shea Mills. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But I think he's... <clears throat> I don't think he had, has the big reputation as Shamil. Like, Shamil's fought fucking Rory McDonald, and people were like, they were talking him up about being an unbelievable boxer. I think, like, I don't think Redzers had the, I won't say opportunity. Well, yeah, but he, he's more like of a Jason Young than a, a Shamil. He, he hasn't been able to show his qualities because the fights, you know, that first fight against Merced Bektic, like, if he fought Merced Bektic with a full camp, I, like, you'd even expect him, you know, you know, we wouldn't expect him to do too well because Merced Bektic is so good, but he fought him, like, what, on two weeks' notice? And he wasn't able to make the weight because it was such a big cut, and then he got knocked out in the first round of his next fight. So he hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been able to show his qualities. Um, but I think, uh, I, I think it was Andy Ryan or the the um, team Rhino page anyway put up yesterday that it's a good opportunity for him now to get back to one fifty five and to win fights at his natural weight class and get back in because when when he was signed, I remember there was I don't know if he said or there was talk anyway of. Like the lightweight roster was full, and they only wanted one forty fivers. Yeah, and, I remember and kept, that. Yeah, you remember he kept talking about going to one forty five. He didn't do it, and he st- and then eventually he went there. Uh, now I think it's a good time. Like the roster's changed; They're, they've left a lot of guys go, and you know, give it give it a year or maybe eighty eighty months or something like that, and you know, it, it's going to renew itself again if you could get a few wins. And I said it yesterday, and the severe me and, and they all chat there that. If Bama don't scrap whatever main event they have for this Ireland versus England card and make him versus Paddy Pimm to the one fifty five, they're fucking, they're mad. Like, what a fight that'd be. Do you agree? Yeah, without a doubt, they're lo- like I was about to say Bama would be losers if they didn't make that fight. But I thought you know that's a bit much of a comment <laughs> for not making a mixed martial arts fight in Dublin. I don't know where. Like to be honest, the last thing I would want to see is him go to, to Bama. I'd rather see him fight around Europe. Do you know there's better there's better high level fights for him. Maybe Cage Warriors coming back instead of being locked into the fucking Bama like they've shown uh, a couple of weeks. Just another person that they can fawn over when he gets re signed to the UFC. It's like But that's alright. Former Bama hero Paul Redmond. Ah but like we're not talking about Bama here. We're talking about what's best for Paul Redmond. It's like I think that'd be a good movie. Like if Cage Warriors came Paul back, Paul Redmond will be on the next Battle Zone. I'd say next year, next March. So? Yeah, because Andy Ryan won't have to pay him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason. And he'll DJ as well up until his fight. Yeah, but like, even that that aside, I I think it was a bit of a weird a weird cut, and I think it was if it was a year ago he wouldn't have got cut. It's it's because they're cutting so many people and cutting back costs, and like we we had because the they're introducing new divisions. I would speculate that's what it is, yeah. I well, women's one twenty five is next. That's what Dana said. And that's not happen. that won't happen. Hopefully, but you know they're cutting back costs. Then, like, 
it's weird that he didn't get on the Dublin card and as you said it's weird like that they took four months before they cut to him to decide I can just imagine intense yeah. boardroom deliberations it's like it's oh, we still can't reach a decision with this let's put it back to next month's meet- meeting like I think he definitely deserved another fight and oh yeah without a doubt yeah. I I would feel very hard done by if I was Paul Redman now but Again, looking at it from Andy Ryan's point of view, that he can get good wins on the European circuit now. He can go back to 155, and he can kind of show all the stuff that he's learnt in the last year or two, you know, because he didn't really get to show it at all in the UFC. So, to be honest, yeah, I'll switch back and get him on the Bama card in February. Don't know about Paddy Pimblett, but... I want to see that Maybe Maybe Paddy Pimblett can't even fight for Bama, and he's, isn't he with FCC or something like that? Yeah, but I doubt he's signed with them. I, that, that'd yeah, be yeah. like... I don't know really much about FCC, but I'd assume it's the equivalent of when John Ferguson tried to sign people on contracts for Cage Contender. Maybe. It's like, why the fuck would you do that when there's bigger promotions in the UK that you can let guys fight on and get exposure for? Except you know? they're probably above board. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> except, <laughs> well, look, I, I only mean in the point of view, like, I'm only comparing the two in the point of view of signing yeah, someone to a contract, mean, not the John Ferguson escapades. What do you uh, think, um... What do you think of maybe Bellator or World Series of Fighting? Do you think Bellator, like Bellator coming to the UK, they'll probably want guys from this part of the world there. That's think? that, like, That's I remember option. we spoke about it before, like, Alan Philpot, who's just mad to go to Bellator, like, he doesn't care about the UFC. If he gets to Bellator, he's happy. Um, and I think we're going to see more guys go that way now as well. Like, look at them, like, Magni and Gastelum, what did they make from Reebok at the weekend for main events? Was it 15,000 combined? Yeah, me, probably. Like that's that, yeah. embarrassing. That's beyond embarrassing. What's what? What did the main event in Bellator? I wonder make on sponsorship last week. Definitely a lot, a considerable amount more for fifteen than fifteen thousand. So, and they probably got paid better as well. So, I can see more fighters over here now going for it. the the London show. Like, what is the story with those Bellator shows? There's one in Israel, and there's one in Italy. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. <coughs> Bellator are weird. <laughs> what? Like, think- like uh, so they're like so they're like girls. <laughs> they're they're a bit like girls. You think they'll have a fucking a TV deal in the UK before they bring a show over there? Like, oh yeah, this show is going to be on on Saturday night. You're going to be able to watch it in three months on Sunday night at eleven four in the morning. PM. What the fuck? Like, I don't know. This is weird. Like, does Bellator have a big fan base <laughs> in the UK? I don't know. You might get no. The- you might get the hardcore fans, like, but I don't know. What well, KSW sold like 11,000 tickets. Did they? Yeah, they had a huge show there in London, but I think that's more... London is like mini Poland at the minute. Like Apparently, there's a lot of Polish living there. So oh, yeah. I, It's not like hardcore MMA fans that went to KSW. I believe it's a lot of Polish Polish right. fans. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Right, we'll get on to last weekend's card. Oh, um, we've lasted 36 minutes. Do we have to? We we have to just uh, not too long. Um, I suppose we can start the main the, event first. No, I was going to start from the bottom. Now we're here. Okay. Go on, so because I was going to say how ridiculously stupid Scott Jorgensen is. Like looking yeah. back on it, that like thankfully sprained ankle. I think is the worst of the damage. That could have been a lot worse. And as I'm saying, are you going to put your body, your career, maybe your long term health? through all of that for Reebok money and show money on UFC Mexico nobody cares about not a hope he should have been out of there I don't care what people say 
give up this, give up that. That could have been really bad. And I don't know if it, like, fair enough, maybe he shouldn't have quit. I can understand fighters not wanting to quit, and that's completely okay. But that referee should, like, as soon as he was given weight on his foot, that referee should have been straight in there and stopped that fight. Yeah. You want, do you know what the worst thing I thought was? The referee should have stopped because he wasn't intelligent, intelligently exactly. defending himself. He was throwing himself to the ground. Exactly. But his corner... Like I know some places yeah. don't allow you to turn it all, but fucking you can stop it. If you want to stop the fight, you can roar to referee stop, or you can throw, you can fuck in the towel. Who's gonna stop you? Like, but the worst thing about it is his corner afterwards. A kick up, um, who's in his team went on a fucking tirade on on Twitter at journalists and and just people in general for for saying like that the that the fight should have been stopped let me let me read out a couple of these tweets here he tw- Patrick Wyman tweeted that it was absolutely disgusting for the fight to go on as long as it should and kick up or bite him and, and Crooklyn as well you're all no nothing dipshits it's just a drop foot seen it hundreds of times right then he went on that's why I'm a coach and you're a reporter he did amazing on one leg with a minor soft tissue injury like uh, yeah but he doesn't have MRI glasses. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can't assume it was just that from the yeah. fight. Like, do you know what I mean? I can I can understand where he's coming from, and maybe it's just because. Oh, God, no, I like I I'm only saying I can understand where he's coming from because I've seen John Kavanaugh put up similar things before, being like, you know, and you haven't fought, so leave it to the people that have fought and coached. To, it's different. To put this, ex- this was complete bullshit. Like, in fairness. Uh, like, yeah. Okay. Uh, like. Was. Nice bit of awkward uh, dead air there, Sean. I thought <laughs> I you were about to. I, I no, no. I thought you were about to make another point. But I was point. okay. You well, make one, then I'll make one. Look, it's worrying for me that there are cornermen like this in the game. Like he was cl- exactly fair enough. If, if it, oh, it's only dropped, but it's only a mind injury. He couldn't fucking defend himself properly. He kept falling over, getting hit in the fucking head. At the end, like he was, he literally couldn't defend himself at all. And like you let him go on, and then afterwards you say, "Oh, it was we were right to like defending yourself like a child, like that." That was fucking, you know, you can do no wrong. That there, nothing wrong happened. It happened now, so I'm right, and and you're wrong, and that's it. And abusing other people, like, what? Well, I don't know. That I, I'm worried about this. That's a worry for me in the sport that there are carnivores like that that are fucking just so stupid to. Not only to let it go, but to to then defend it. Like fair enough, if like, oh shit, I um, I don't know. I see. Okay, uh, listen. And afterwards, maybe come on to look. Maybe I should have stopped it, but he's tough, and like I thought he could get through it. Look, fair enough. That I, if he come out and said that, I would have said fair enough. Look, anyone can make a mistake or whatever. You just didn't want to pull him out because. You thought he could he could tough through or something, but to like defend it and say I was done, dead right, and then abuse other people, that like that's bullshit. And on John Kavanaugh, like I, I remember him saying a while back about one of I don't know what fight was it. There was some fight, but like he came back at, at um, between rounds and it wasn't one of his fighters. He was just watching and telling, and like he talked about how he would have stopped the fight. If he yeah. was in the corner and stuff like that, so I think he's one of the good ones. I think Greg Jackson is one of them. Um, is it Mar- Mark Lehman? Is he the guy who he stopped one a fight a couple of weeks? Uh, couple yeah, of months was back? it uh, Nate Marquardt? Nate Marquardt, yeah. yeah. And like that's what you need. Call that's it. it. Like that's what I. Like that's Nate the Marquardt. point I was uh, yeah. trying to make about the John thing. Is like fair enough. John might have the opinion that 
some opinions are worth more than the others, but he would not have sent a guy out like he would. I I think if that had been one of his guys and he saw what happened, Jorgensen at the end end of the round, then he wouldn't have sent he wouldn't have sent him back out for the second, or he would have at least stopped the fight during the second round when he saw that he wasn't able to do anything off his foot. The fact that his corner were insisting that he keeps attacking. Because you know the way on the broadcast it goes to the different corners sometimes. Yeah. They went to Scott's corner a few times and you could hear his head, like you could hear them like telling him to attack. Do you know what I mean? And there was at one point, like I don't, I would, I hope that they didn't tell him to throw it, but the finishing sequence to the fight, didn't it come after your, Jorgensen attempted a head kick or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he did, yeah. Which is absolutely ridiculous. Why would you try a head kick when you can't support the weight on your other foot? Like, it was just so, so silly. He could have put himself at much risk for uh, permanent damage. But it was it was a weird, weird shot that hurt him in the first place. Do you know, so maybe there was thought in it that it's not as bad as it is. Because it was pretty high up on the calf that hit him, I thought. And then he walked back a little bit, seemed fine. And then the foot gave away and he started hopping to finish the round. So, I don't know. In a perfect world, that fight didn't uh, doesn't go into the second round. Yeah. Even if it does, like you, you see a guy injured, and you're like okay, we'll give him a chance. If he says, "Oh, it's only this slight thing," maybe you know they set to run it off in soccer or something like that, and maybe he could have like loosened it out and got going again after a few seconds. But, but when you get ninety seconds into the round and he's still fucking hobbling around, can't walk on it, then you take it out. Like you look at a perfect example in like two or three fights later, Diego Sanchez. Same thing kind of happened to him. He got kicked really hard in the calf, and you know he was limping. He could barely, barely put. Um, Probably put weight in it, but thankfully his even, hands yeah. were still working, so he could <laughs> ru- invite Ricardo Lamas on to him. <laughs> but like ninety seconds, two minutes later, he was he was okay again. You know, he kind of got it back moving. He kind of um, he kind of came back to himself, and he was all right again. Like that. That's the difference between him and uh, between those two, because there was people kind of going, "Oh, Diego Sanchez's heart leg as well. Why don't you stop the fight?" So that was that was kind of bullshit. But I suppose we can move on to that Diego Sanchez fight. Um, I'm so glad you made me watch it the other night when I got home from work because I fell asleep straight away because of it. <laughs> oh, do you think it was that bad? I I don't know. I thought I was kind of hoping for greater things of you know Diego yeah. Sanchez, the monster at 145. He's going to be 172 pounds getting into the cage. Yeah. What fucking weight was Ricardo Lamas if he was able to control Sanchez as easy as he did? You know, technique over strength always. I would rather see Diego Sanchez at 155 if he would be able to be healthier, quicker, a more exciting fighter than just... like It seems like he's stuck in the past, and I don't mean that in an insulting way, but we're starting to see more and more guys go against the grain that you don't have to be the biggest guy in the division. You know, Speed and technique are going to win these things. Connor is the biggest 145 in the division, but he's also one of the quickest. Do you know that sort of way? I'm not yeah. saying that, that he's, he's, cut, he's cutting a lot of weight so he's stronger. Do you know what I mean? Same way Cahill is a very, very big welterweight. Do you know what I mean? I actually think Cahill would be better at 185 in the UFC anyway. Yeah, I, like I thought Diego Sanchez looked fairly good. Sorry, yeah, no, um, I don't know how I got onto Cahill Pendred <laughs> fighting at 185 from Diego Sanchez. First round for Diego Sanchez, I was like, yeah, this looks good. And the one thing that I noticed about him was that he didn't particularly tire, I don't think, throughout. Like, I am very interested in seeing Diego Sanchez fight at 145 maybe against guys that don't have a high caliber level of wrestling as say Ricardo Lamas also can I ask you one question about the fight go on is that the same Ricardo Lamas that was going to smash Conor McGregor that's the one yeah Conor McGregor alright well (laughs) about that Ricardo (laughs) Uh, 
like Diego Sanchez, I think there's a striking resemblance between where Diego Sanchez is now and where like Dan Henderson was maybe a couple of fights back. Like Diego Sanchez and Dan Henderson, they you, you both used to be monsters. Like Diego Sanchez, okay, he wasn't an unbelievably well rounded fighter ever or anything like that. But you remember when he won tough, like he demolished Kenny Florian, like he was a wrestling fucking just a monster, take guys down. Went in, you know, won all these fights, went in to fight against BJ Pin, obviously he got beat by BJ Pin, but he beat everyone up until then. <coughs> Same Dan Henderson was kind of you BJ know, a took his soul. BJ he did, but like the, the game has kind of just passed Diego Sanchez by a little bit and now he's kind of making adjustments and improving a little bit but he's now he's too old he's too sharp worn to to um you know to put him into it put him into play as good as he used he maybe could have done what was it 10 years ago 12 years ago whatever it was but um i i think he did relatively well like he looked huge he looked way bigger than lamas i thought he he did pretty well in the transitions and stuff obviously in the box and um lamas lamas did pretty well and he, he took him down um, a lot of times, and that's kind of what won him the fight in the end. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Diego fight guys like Dennis Seaver and stuff. Maybe exactly. Dinner, Dinner Bermuda has been like the top of where I'd like to see him fighting. But there's fights in there, 45, if he can keep making it. And like Diego's the kind of a guy you like to see fighting. You know, he's a good fighter, but the thing about him is he's damaged and Benjamin the, Button, though. Damage he's taking and stuff. What about Benjamin Button? Oh, wait, no. Benjamin Button was someone who was born old and got younger, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so no, he is Benjamin Button. How young did he look at the weekend? He looked, yeah, he looked weird. Like, he? it was, like, really, it's like, this is not Diego Sanchez. I saw a good thing at the weekend. He is now one of the, is he the second guy in the UFC to fight in four consecutive weight divisions? Yeah, Kenny Florian. And him and Kenny both fought at 185. So their yeah. fights at 185 were against each other. So that's a nice little, uh, Interchange. So you want the rematch? Is that what you're saying? I want. Oh, I want them to fight at 205. To be honest, Sean, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm going for here. I, I just if one more thing on Diego Sanchez is like one thing you said there kind of was was brilliant and it kind of made the point that I was trying to make earlier on. You just made it better. He's like he's been around for so long and the game has just passed him by and he's trying to play catch up and that's what I mean now. He's trying to play catch up on the tactic from two or three years ago. You know, trying to be as big at a weight division as possible in yeah. terms of going down to featherweight. And it's like, might have been a good idea for you to try that when the featherweight division was in its incarnation. You know, when you were actually a decent, um, not a, I don't want to say a decent fighter, but when you were more menacing, when people feared you a little bit more. Did Diego Sanchez, around the time of the BJ Penn fight, maybe just after the BJ Penn fight, that's dropped down to 145. It's around... I'm thinking maybe it's not too far around the time that the featherweight division was introduced into the UFC. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe give, or, give or take maybe a year. year yeah. yeah, so then instead of going back up to 170 for some fights, why not go then? 145, was, that was your time to go down there now. And I think he's just cashing checks at this stage. You know, He's going to keep yeah. fighting. He's doing a Dan Henderson. He's probably on one of the best Reebok monies. Uh, <laughs> Reebok monies. <laughs> my yeah. dad my mean. no no my dad used to always trick me when I was younger when I'd get given money and say I'll give you two monies <laughs> instead of one money <laughs> and he'd give me two pence coins and I'd get my punt taken off me and I thought I was the fucking great man with two monies but anyway he I, like that's what Diego Sanchez is going to keep doing like 
he must be on the highest tier pay scale for the Reebok sponsorship at this stage, the amount of fights that he's had in the UFC. Uh, Dana still seems to have some sort of affliction for guys that bring it, bro, and will scrap. If you match Diego Sanchez up accordingly at 145, he's going to do that. He's going to provide. Do you know what Diego Sanchez is? He's like one of those people who buy... You know those crystals, and they buy like uh, no. He's one of the ex- yes, exactly. No, the of, magazines. This yeah. issue, the first issue, is only two ninety nine, and you get a car, <laughs> a one piece of a car, and then you have to buy the rest of the magazines at ten euro each to complete the car. <laughs> well, my point is like no, but that wasn't your you point, know, was it? No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> All right, because like, I you fucking know, hate those people. Yeah, do you know those? Do you know those crystal things that like they're supposed to? Uh, Sued you and they like them if you've bad bones they'll make you better or not and like oh you believe in an, you know angels and just these people who latch on to things that can improve them and so I think Diego Sanchez is a bit like that with weight classes he's like I'm okay I'm gonna move to 170 because then I'll be faster at 170 than I was at 155 and I'll have a speed advantage and then he gets to ship it out of him at 170 he goes okay I'm gonna move back to 155 now because I just, I'm gonna I'm gonna be bigger than him there. And I'm going to be able to beat him. And then he gets beat at 155 and goes, no, look, I need to move to 145 because I'll even be bigger there. And I'm, I'm fast and everything. And I'm going to be able to beat him. And then he kind of, Cardo Lamas, kind of a small kind of squat, 145 beats him. So, um, yeah, when, you, when you're kind of reaching and looking for for things that you think are going to work, they don't often exist. But one thing about Diego Sanchez. Just that was deep, Sean. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Holistic, uh, holistic therapy, I believe, is the word you're looking for. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> but uh, Diego's wait a minute! I bought these beans off eBay for nothing. Yeah, exactly. My sexual performance hasn't improved one bit. Diego Jack in the Beanstalk Sanchez. That's that's what he should be called. But he, do you know the way he hits that switch? That's fucking amazing. Oh, the wrestling switch. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching. I I was like, that "That is pure. And he he hit it once lovely, couldn't capitalize, got back into the same position and went for it again. And I think he, did he hit it twice in a row? Yeah, he hit it twice in a row and he did it once or twice again in the rest of the fight. It's beautiful. That's like... He did it against uh, Gilbert Melendez as well. Yeah. 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 Covered in blood. I love it. It was it's it's he's kind of mastered that. Kelvin Gastelum did it as well, and we'll get onto that. In That's a like his finishing his move, place. isn't it? Yeah, but it was it was really well. Good. Not a, it's like his signature. It, who had the worst finisher in the WWE that you think that's not a finisher? Do you know, Seth the, Rollins' curb stomp was the worst. I hated that. Yeah, but that, it's gone. But do you know the way like you uh, you'd fight someone? That sounded like I was having a stroke there, Sean. Actually, I'm really sorry. You'd fight. He's taking a fit. He's taking a fit. <laughs> Have you seen that? Oh, yes, yeah, so funny. He's taking a fit. Actually, oh, God, speaking fit, of people who've take, who look like they were taking fits, rest in peace to the jackass man. Remember Don Vito? Oh, yeah. He Bam or Jerry. Yeah, he died uh, recently. Like, Well, obviously, I don't want to say rest in peace because he touched children. So, obviously, <laughs> yeah, rotten peace. He was in jail for fucking touching kids. That's is that true? What? N- Google it there. Ninety nine point nine. Otherwise, I've just well, I suppose you can't sue us now, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can say whatever. You may want to edit that out. Why? Uh, I like people were like really nice to him and all. Yeah, but I'm I'm like Delicious, almost a hundred percent sure it's oh, true. Oh, you're right. Yeah, there you go. Jesus. Rot in peace. I was right. Oh, good. I didn't know that. So, there we go. That was a nice segue. But who were we talking about right before that? 
Diego Sanchez. We'll get on to the Hank Cejudo. Yes, but before we do, I've remembered what I was going to uh, going to talk about. Um, it's like in the SmackDown games when you'd keep like doing moves on someone to build up to your finishers, and then you'd have a character like whose finisher was like largely unimpressive. And you're like, why did I just waste all that time just to do that? It's like Diego Sanchez will get the shit kicked out of him multiple times just to hit the switch. And it's like, all right, now what? I've got on top and I can't finish the guy at all. Yeah, he's, he's a good worker, all right. But, uh, a workhorse. Sp- speaking of wrestlers, oh. Henry Cejudo um, fought at the weekend as well. Why'd you Larry call him Hank? Hank Cejudo, yeah, Hank. Oh. Um, Appeal to the US market. Good idea, Sean. In, indeed. Look, it was another good but not mind blowing display. Um, mostly fought out in the feed. He got a couple of takedowns and stuff against Yusei Formiga. Formiga was, he find, kind of fought like a striker fight against the wrestler when they're kind of afraid of the takedown and ended up losing on the feed as a result. But. Um, my my overarching feeling after the fight was so who does going to get the title shot that's I what I was going to say do you think yeah but I don't think he's ready I think he's two or three fights away from it I really do and it's a pity this happens in MMA a good bit it happened with uh, Michael McDonald and you know guys get put in there before they're ready and I think it'd be a shame to put Cejudo in there before he's ready but I think that's exactly what's going to happen do you, like, do you think he's going to get it or do you think it's yeah. going to get it I don't want to see Joseph Benavidez fight Demetrius Johnson again. I do. I do. I think you do. I do. Yeah. You think he I'd can do it this time? I'd rather see that fight next. Mm, not necessarily, but I'd rather see that fight next than Cejudo put in there too quickly. There's a there's a Sean Sheehan prediction for 2016. I don't a team alpha male fighter not to bottle it in a title fight. I, I didn't say he was going to win <laughs> <laughs> so yes I, as you were <laughs> as you are yeah exactly I don't uh, like I don't think it's going to happen Joseph Benavides is a bit weird like he's last two fights you know he's won like four or five in a row now and after his last two fights he hasn't he's like he's just like, oh, downplayed it he's like no 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 I'm working my way back bro <laughs> he's <laughs> like he's like fucking grabbing it if he was wearing a collar he'd be grabbing the collar being like oh <laughs> like Get no 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 Get Uncle Creepy even after he lost like two in a row. Ian Seary. Ian Seary? There you go. That's the fight that I want. You know who I mean. Ian yeah. McCall versus Neil Seary. Co-main event. UFC London next year. Book you know, it. Lewis Smolka against Demetrius Johnson. Make that fight. Why or, not? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I would be more... in Like, I'd be more... I'd rather see Hank fight someone else and let him really get a convincing win in there. Especially for the UFC to be able to hype him up as the next legitimate contender. Instead of, well, he decisioned his way through fucking everyone, bro. Of course I'm going to give him the 125 title shot. It's like, I'd rather see, uh, I would rather see Smoker get in there. A guy that you know that is going to try bring the heat to Demetrius Johnson. He's kind of like, Smoker is the more viable option. Kind of like when uh, when Dodson got his first title shot. Yeah. And people were like, well, he can punch hard. He might catch him. You know, this is a this is a better version of Dodson's first title shot. I think Louis Smoke would be. You know what I'd like to see? Hank Cejudo versus Joseph Benavidez in a genuine number one contender fight. But then, what happens when Benavidez wins? And but it's like have him fight him again. I, like that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Like give Cejudo two more fights and he gets back to to Demetrius Johnson. I think yeah. that might benefit him. You know. 
I don't know. Do you think do you think Cejudo has a chance of beating Demetrius Johnson at all? Not at the moment. But you know, it's a bit weird. Sounded like there was a butt coming in there. You know the way Holly Holm we talked about her uh like she didn't show how good her boxing is in like her first couple of UFC fights or yes, any time exactly. in MMA. Exactly. You know, he's seen Risa Huda doing the same. He's like not showing how good his wrestling is and keep kind of holding it back. I don't think he is, to be honest, because I think that's that's something that's very kind of um, unique to Holly Holm. So I don't think he is doing that, but there's that possibility, and it, it could like it could happen, but I I don't think so. I, the like, reason I, I don't think he's doing it either, it'd be a lot harder for a wrestler to dis, to disguise their wrestling abilities than a striker. To, like Holly Holm was able to hide her striking. Yeah. I found and didn't Winkle John come out and say that she was holding back in some of her previous UFC fights yeah Sean said that as well in the article before Sean did say it no one says that no no I, I, it was you who yeah, first you, said it to me and I pray, yeah, and I said yeah it. that's a great idea she was trolling everyone she trolled yeah. everyone to get the title shot and then fucking surprised everyone but, yeah, yeah, like the way we talk, you talk about there about Benavidez might beat him and he might come back like in the same way and I'm not I'm not comparing their abilities but they're kind of in a similar position like Paige Van or, um, mm. yeah Paige Van Zandt. I think her losing to Rosanna Junis might be the best thing that could happen to her career because if she when wins when she loses you mean when she loses yeah if she wins that fight she'll be into the title shot and that's that's no good for her where she's at the moment yeah. like she needs a lot more fights and a lot more experience to to get there Henry Suhuda is obviously a lot closer to Demetrius Johnson than she is to, she is to uh, Ian Jacek, but I think they're kind of in a similar position. I'd love to see Suhuda getting a, a few more fights before he's he's thrown in there. But like I, I to first, surely Claudia is going to be one of the next up for Joanna. Claudia, yeah, well, yeah, but yeah. Oh, she, but I suppose yeah, book that fight, Page fights. Whoever wins the title fight, then Paige. Yeah, I see what you yeah, mean there. Yeah. Like, but I couldn't see um, like Paige. Man, like I can't. If we can put an under underline on your point, open it up in Microsoft Word. Maybe make it into italics. Times New uh, Comic Sans forty eight, mm. bold underlined all the works. Worst thing possible for Paige Van Zandt would be getting that fight. Uh huh. Terrible. Just terrible the best point you've made all podcast Sean thank you and you made it you you ran with it I just you put the with. idea out there it was yeah, like well. uh, what, do, what do you call that in, in rugby an offload offload that's it I offloaded the point to you nice uh, the main event on Saturday night first things first uh, did you watch it yes how did you score it okay I can see where people are coming from that the fourth round should have been a 10-8. But here, and like people are, like first of all, Luca Fury is a psycho, right? When he doesn't agree with something, he will put 20 tweets up saying how everything is wrong, how he was screwed, how his bet was like, yeah. oh, I should have won that bet and if it wasn't for the UFC, I'd be up a million euro with a minute. It's like, <laughs> first of all, no. Um, although I do actually think he's, I, I like him on Twitter, to be honest. I do like some of the points. He's like, an elongated version of Graham. Like he will just oh if he God. if he that's <laughs> <laughs> possible. What? If he has a point, he will just run with it. I'm glad so I don't follow him. When people say, Oh, two knockdowns in the fourth round, I feel the second knockdown came off the same rockness that he had from the like does it really can you actually uh, obviously knocking someone down should hold weight. 
But if you knock someone in the first round, they recover, dominate them on the feet and in the grappling exchanges, and then in the last minute, or sorry, did I say first round? I meant first minute of a round. Knock them down, swarm them, bit of pressure, they recover, they back up, they're visibly recovered, and there's a bit of a bit of striking, bit of grappling, then you drop them again and finish the round dominantly. For me, that's a 10-8 every single day. But in the way that the second the, the second Magni knockdown came about in the fourth round, it was almost as if it was from the one chain of events. So that's why I'm not too pushed. I'm being like, 10-8, definite 10-8, this is bullshit. Or am I completely, am I being stupid? Can you see where I'm coming from? Because it was the whole, like, first of all, Kelvin Gastelum blew that fight for himself. His decision-making in the fourth round was abysmal. Yeah. Like, why did he grapple with him? Why did he do that? Why did he get himself locked down in half guard? Do you know what I mean? Why did Neil Magny copy Dave Fogarty and go for a deep half sweep in MMA? That's a shout out to Dave Fogarty who had a deep half guard sweep in MMA at the weekend. Um, uh, on the fourth round, I it was borderline, but I don't I don't think it was a ten. I wouldn't have scored a ten eight in the current scoring system, and exactly. that's always a prerequisite of, of when we're talking about these kind of things. Um, for me, a ten eight these days is scored when someone is hurt, almost finished, and kind of a prolonged beating over the round. Two knockdowns. I don't think he's a tennis, to be honest. And like two knockdowns, he, and he, not he didn't look like he was getting knocked exactly. Down. Not full grab. Like a ten-eight needs to be. This guy is on Queer Street, about yeah. to be literally finished in his grave. But because Gaslam's decision making after the knockdowns give him the chance to recover. Do you know? Remember what John Cavanagh spoke about Connor's fight against Marcus Brimage, about how he didn't like the way Connor followed him down because those shots can wake him up. Yeah, that's true. Pretty much what Gaslam did there. He followed him down, well, blew his I, I, load with shots, yeah. and then was content to grapple with him. I was like, no, if you're going to do it, follow up and keep striking him. But I don't think Magny was out you know, out of it at any stage. I don't think that, over, that fight was over. too close to, to being stopped. But I think the big round was the third round. How did you score the third round? Magny. I, I don't know. I watched it at the time, right? And I was like, that's a Gaslam round, okay? And then I went back and watched it again. I have, I have no idea how people scored that round for Magny, honestly. It, that's a clear Gaslam round in my mind. Magny didn't take him down once. He didn't control him against the fence for any prolonged period of time. Gaslam landed a lot of big shots in him and he took him down near the end of the round, got into side control and was in half guard for maybe like 15, 20 seconds. That's it. Now, I did, like, when I was up, when I was watching it Saturday night, the only round that I've watched back since is the fourth one because that was the one that I thought we were going to be taught, like discussing the most do you know that sort of thing so maybe if I watch this back again I'm going to be like yeah Sean Sheehan's completely right yeah. and that I'm an idiot that is generally what, how our arguments go these days to be honest Sean mm-hmm. and it was weird do you know the MMA decisions thing yeah um, it kind of <laughs> it was weird uh, it, it kind of uh, uh, get it up the there what, what's the word it confirmed my thinking on a lot of MMA media. The only MMA media member to score for Gaslam was Patrick Wyman. And I think he's the only one who fucking knows what he's talking about, to be honest. <laughs> to be honest like these people I, I agree with you because weird. he gave me praise yesterday. Yeah, Patrick Wyman's like he's the best he's the best analyst in and the for world. And for him for him to say that, like he thinks the best Conor McGregor interviews are the ones that I do. And for him to say that was like, oh, 
Like Jeez. fair enough, you may you may work alongside one of the worst people humans in existence, John Ex- Snow. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy, <Whoa. Bonner. laughs> Jeremy Bonner, sorry. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, uh, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, but look, fair like that that meant a lot to me. So I agree but with he you. Is the, he's like his work is. There's a lot of people going out there who, who I like to call spoofers. You know, Eamon Dunphy kind of spoofers who don't like. I think it's a simple mm-hmm. game to break down if you watch an awful lot and he watches more than anyone else and he's a very good understanding for it. Uh, I, I think he's the best to be honest and he scored it. He's, I, and I had scored it as well 10-8 before I, I saw he had scored it as well. Or, um, he gave the I fight to Gaslam, 48-47. Yeah, that's all I gave it. And everyone else gave it either a draw or a, or, um, or for Magni. But Four people give it to Magni and everyone else was a draw. Yeah. Uh, like I thought it was a pretty simple 48-47 for Gaslam and watching it back again I'm not sure anyone scored anything different I think with all the rounds were pretty easy to score spoofers though round, Sean spoofers it, it, in MMA yeah. there's a lot of spoofers in MMA a lot of them but I, I that was actually sounded bad like I was giving out about all the MMA media I don't no, mean no. all MMA media no you mean all of the European MMA media no no I don't go on I, say it look I will I reveal mean, your whatsapp your whatsapps to the public I mean a lot of people who try to analyse fights are oh, kind of yeah, spoofing. Yeah. Like, there's some great uh, fucking media done out there, great interviews and stuff like that, but it's very hard to, like... To be a good analyst. To be a good analyst. and Just me like, and Patrick Goyman, that's and all. If, just if, yeah, just no, if I, can praise, <laughs> if I can praise you, uh, which I don't particularly like doing, uh, um, I would consider myself a decent conversationalist. I can get good stuff out of people. But watching a fight, I'm literally just watching it, and then I'll talk about it afterwards. When you watch a fight, you're whispering in my ear, he's going to throw the left head kick. And then, oh, left head kick. Like, you can see that sort of stuff. I'm not one of those guys that can see that sort of stuff and analyze it. Because whether I don't watch it enough, whether I don't know the principles of striking, maybe I, if it was a ground position or something like that, I could say, yeah, he's going to do this next. Um, but I wouldn't say I'm anywhere near at the level to be able to like, guess what a guy is about to throw next. So if I can give you any sort of props, and this is the last, probably this is two compliments in an episode. You're not getting another one until 2016. Um, that's that is one of your your strongest abilities. Thank you. I, I've kind of changed the way I watch fights as well. Um, I used to just watch them. Kind of <laughs> I fun used to diamond. not watch them. <laughs> now I watch them. <laughs> that's you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is me. Yeah. But like when I'm when I'm watching fights, I'm like I'd, especially if we're going back watching old fights, and you're like, say, if someone. I don't know who's fighting this weekend. If you're going back and watching a Don Young Kim fight, like <laughs> I will not be doing I, that. <laughs> I watched like the first three minutes, and that's all you really need. Like if you've seen, there's okay, there's bits about his cardio and stuff, but you you don't really need to watch much past the first round to see what people are actually like. Yeah, you know, unless they're taken down and put in their back or something. If you see like good three or four minutes of them actually fighting, you kind of know what their game brings. And like fighters don't change that much, like from their actual. Well, they, uh, some change a lot, obviously, but most fighters, they don't change and they throw the same things over and over. And that's why I kind of get it's a pet peeve of mine when guys say they don't like look up opponents beforehand because you should fucking look them up because they do the same things every fight. That's why people like myself and Patrick Goyman who do previews are often right. <laughs> like when, huh. when we watch a lot of tape and, and you see what way the fight's going to go, like, like that Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey fight is just a, a prime example of it. Like, if if you watch and if you fucking educate yourself on what kind of games people have, 
you kind of know what's going to happen or what could happen. Like the finish and how someone will impart their game on another person isn't always the easiest thing to, to figure out. But, um, you know, you could have kind of an idea anyway of it. But, okay, that's that's enough of that. Uh, I'm only after realising battle zone is this weekend. Is it? Yeah. Who's fighting in it? Joe McCogan is fighting in the main event against Thomas Hogan, but I'm competing in the jiu-jitsu tournament that morning. So I'm going to have to go from straight from there to Battlezone. Is that is Thomas is that Thomas Hogan's um, pro debut or is he fought for? I want to say Thomas Hogan has already fought and won a professional, but I'm, I can't think if he has or not. I think he's just been on the verge of turning pro for so long that I don't know, and I can't even check. Uh, I just put in Thomas Hogan's sure dog here because Irish MMA promoters doesn't really get. I first heard this man last year, about this time last year, actually from Pizza Carl, when we were doing the, you know, when we were doing the, the, res, the what are they called, the fucking so awards. Yeah, it year. says here his last fight was against Kevin Mullen at the Rumbling Rush in April last year, but this is annoying me so much. He has definitely, definitely fought recently. I think he's a, he's a pretty good prospect as well. He's very fucking strong. He's like a he's a beast, isn't he? To be honest. No, you don't think I like. I've never even seen him fight, so I'm talking about I th- I think <laughs> he destroyed everybody at amateur, like he did. But he was able to use his weight a lot. He was able to use his strength a lot at amateur. Yeah. For some reason, I just actually. Do you know what? I'm not even going to bother making a prediction on this fight because Joe McCogan's my mate. I get on very well with Joe. Oh, well, there you go. I think he's going to win the fight. I've seen him train. I've seen him fight. He was the guy, like, Graham will tell you. Graham wanted to include Joe in 10,000 hours, I think, originally. Yeah. Because he fought James Heelan that night, a cage contender. and looked, Yeah, and looked brilliant. And everyone's like, this guy, and he's fought once since at amateur. Injury after injury after injury. And that is the biggest worry. Like, Joe McColgan is a guy who's... Like, he was calling out... Him and Peter Queeley might... Like, Peter Queeley, I think, was only 1-0 and as a pro. Maybe 2-0 and as a pro, and Joe wanted to fight him for his first pro fight. And people were like, yeah, this could be a fight that's happened. That could happen. Now look at the difference in how their careers have changed. Like, So for me, I'm like thinking, like, yeah, Joe McColgan is a guy who can do very well. It's like, maybe time is running out. Maybe the injuries have... Like, he should have went pro, like, two years ago give or take like that's around the time that he was ready to go pro but now this is why I'm even more excited this is why I think he's going to win at the weekend because he was meant to go pro two years ago and he's only going pro now and I've seen how much he's improved in that time like to see how his jiu-jitsu like to think that he was going to go into pro MMA with the grappling level that he had two years ago compared to the grappling level that he has now is just is phenomenal a phenomenal difference any other fights in that card we should be looking out for have you got it there and I'll tell you no, I can't off the top like off the top of my head I can't think of the other guys that are fighting. I know I I sh- I have seen the card like I was looking at it 2 days ago but nothing uh nothing like really jumps out to me outside of it. You talk about something there and I'll get the card up. Uh so just a couple oh. of words on, on on the card this weekend. No. Um, before we go into the questions. This card this weekend, and we have a couple of questions about it being the worst ever. It's it's not a very good card. Uh there's two Dong Hyun Kims on it. If you believe it or not, um, but it's really a one fight card. Vincent Henderson against uh, Jorge Masvidal. Unreal. We spoke about it fight. last week. We did, yeah. The last yeah. Diaz brother, Jorge Masvidal. Are you still picking Masvidal, you are? Yeah. Knockout. 
No. No? Decision? Decision. Five round? Yeah. Over five rounds? Oh, I don't know. I think his cardio might, might struggle. He might struggle a little bit with his cardio uh, over the five rounds. Especially with the pace Henderson brings. I think Henderson... I could see Henderson putting him up against the cage and taking him down. Even though Masvidal... Like, Masvidal... I could see him winning the first couple of rounds, keeping Henderson away, you know, stuffing all the takedowns. But he's he tends to... He tends to kind of get ahead and then kind of mentally collapse a little bit and, and ends up... Severe kind of MMA are so even. shit. They don't even have the card of battles on yeah. that. Like. What the fuck? They probably do. Yeah, no, I they think they actually do. do. Uh, Go on, sorry. Masvidal, you think he wilts? He won't last uh, the five yeah, rounds? I, I don't think so. I could see him getting finished. Um, I could see him getting finished fucking third or fourth round, maybe. Um, but how do, how do you think he's going to like win by decision? What's he going to do? Like Ben Henderson's grappling is silky and smooth as fuck, but yeah, there's just something about Masvidal that I think he's. Uh, I. I don't know. I just love him. I have no like. I, it's a fanboy pick. Realistically, Ben Henderson is going to work him, outwork him, tire him out, probably choke him in the third or fourth round. But I can just see Masvidal's like the same way I'll always think the Diaz brothers are going to win every single fight that they will ever have in their life. I'm like, yeah, Diaz brothers are going to win this. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think uh, Henderson just chains things together better, you know, and that's a, the biggest part of the game, in my opinion. Like how you chain your your wrestling. Well, one of the biggest parts, how you chain kind of your grappling and your striking together. And I think he does it maybe better than anyone else he's not the most talented guy in the world but he kind of works hard and uh, he uh, you know okay. he, he, he wins a lot more than he loses I Go have on. the card stalled enough talking shit yeah. Go on. this was on the 2nd of November yeah. so whether it whether the card has changed which it probably has since then Charlie Ward is meant to fight Will Flurry but I saw Charlie Ward in LA so I'm guessing that's not happening in LA yeah in with Connor. oh is he yeah oh. but I saw him in the back of the TMZ video so uh, Chris Bougiard versus Paul Lawrence Joe McCogan Thomas Hogan Ondrum Gould Ryan Green Ian Cleary Nathan Kelly I think that fight's off oh no that fight might still be on but Huey O'Rourke and Austin Lynch is off here's the story for you right this is the problem with Irish MMA I, I really Andy Ryan must dislike Stephen Lowry because uh, he gave him the matchmaking job for this battle zone card <laughs> which I do not like, I I won't even go and, and name them, right? But there's a couple of there's a lot of amateurs in Ireland that are like, I will fight anyone. Yeah, I'm calling you out. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna fight you. Answers phone. <laughs> yeah, well, you want me to fight Huey O'Rourke? No, not happening. Sorry, see you later. He's not really training at the minute, pal. He's like, no, but he just fought last week, so he would have technically finished his camp. He would have been ready to fight. Hubie O'Rourke needs an opponent. You called Hubie O'Rourke out. Nah, sorry. See you later. Up on Facebook. Oh, yeah, we're flat out training. Like, you know that sort of shit? Yeah. It's bullshit. And, like, fair like fair play to Stephen, Ra- uh, Stephen, Stephen Lowry. He's the patience of a saint to be working with some of these people. And to even, like, say, like, oh, okay, we'll get you on the next card. It's amateur. Like, literally, who cares? Who cares if you lose at amateur? You want to tell people that you do UFC, train MMA, that you're an MMA fighter, but you don't want you want the likes that come with it. You don't want the the lessons. That is fucking brilliant, Sean. 
You want the likes that come with fighting, not the lessons you learn from losing. Mm. Oh, there mm. you go. Finish the podcast on that line. <laughs> Do you want to move on to a couple of questions? Yes, please. Okay. First question from Gavin Springett on the, this weekend's card. Gavin Springett actually posted on Jim Ayler's Facebook status today. Uh, Jim was asking what the best podcasts were, and he put up a screenshot of the podcast he subscribes to, and Severe MMA was in it. What a great man. Fair play to him. Uh, yes, is this weekend's card the worst in UFC history? I, I don't think it is, but I think it's close. <laughs> it runs UFC Dublin pretty close. Ah, well, you, you can understand what happened to UFC Dublin, but that New Zealand card that happened a while ago was pretty terrible. This isn't great. Uh, Sexy Am is fighting on it, though, and I thought he was retired, um, but he's fighting. Dong and Kim is fighting. Sam Cecilia, Duho Choi. That should be a pretty good fight. That Duho Choi guy is a, is a good uh, prospect. He was on a... <laughs> He was on a Joe.ie's. What are you laughing for? Prospect list. What, Sean, <laughs> is something up? Did no, I miss no. a joke there? Did I, did I black out for a minute? Uh, no, Why are you no, laughing no. at Joe.ie? They had, a, they had an exceptional prospect, ten, top 10 prospect list. Just brilliant. Where they had Duho Chai above Mirs and Bekdich in their prospect list. Just absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Number one, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov. <laughs> Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> Top prospects oh, for the year. Rory McDonald, although he is only young, we think he may be up there in a couple of years' time. Oh, oh wait, Sean, you just made a point while laughing about another website's work. And oh, yeah. also you spoke about spoofers earlier on. Hmm. Are you trying to make a point? No, I wouldn't do you wouldn't see me doing that. No. Ah. Okay, that. no, it's just I, I tried to put two and two together, you know. Yeah. I, I must have ended up at six. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, John <laughs> John and Mike's MMA Corner asked J and M MMA Corner, if you had a pet dinosaur, what would it be called? What kind of dinosaur would it be? Excellent question. <laughs> Great question. I'm sick of MMA uh, questions. If I had a pet dinosaur, uh, what what do you call the dinosaur out of Toy Story? I, w- I would want one of those dinosaurs anyway, the green ones with the short arms. T-Rexes? Baby T-Rexes though, because when they grow up, they can be pretty yeah, hard to manage. Uh, I, I'm along the same. I'm along the same thinking, and I call him Dino Baby. I'd call it Crone. Crone. Oh, I like it. Actually, my niece was going to get a um, a new uh, hamster. She already has one hamster, and she. I said I'd buy it for her if her mother allowed her to have it, but she didn't in the end. But she oh. was going to call it Gunny if she got it. That's so lovely. Go. Yeah, there you go. Gunny the Sp- hamster. That is a good transition now. Kieran Offlinas, who'd you have in a Nelson Moya fight? From talking like like I don't want to overhype this any much more than I should. The yeah. Gunnar Nelson interview that's going to be on Severe MMA maybe today or tomorrow is probably the best interview that I've ever done with Gunnar Nelson. Like literally, he seems really excited at the prospect of being able to match up with Maya, but more so in the fact that he thinks he's going to finish him on the feet. He, he said yeah. to me he's going to finish Damian Maya in this fight. Uh, I I I, about it on Twitter I honestly Luke Thomas said kind of said the same thing. Back, do you, do you uh, think Gunner's going to beat him on the feet? I think he could could be like that. Like I I was talking about the fight and someone said, "Oh, when two grapplers fight like that, it's going to end up like a bad kickboxing match." But not when one Gunner of them Nelson, has very good striking. Gunner, yeah, Gunnar Nelson's not a bad kickboxer, so, and Damien Maya kind of is. So yeah, he could knock him out like we saw against Brendan Tatch. Brandon Hatch, how good Gunnar Nelson is on the feet. Like Brandon Hatch is one of the best strikers in that division, and Gunnar Nelson wrecked him on the feet. Um, I think that fight against Rick Story, like Rick Story, is a guy who makes guys look bad, and 
you know, there was a couple of things. Yeah, Gunnar Nelson came into that fight with um, Gunnar spoke about well, yeah. He spoke about the story fight. He had a lot of stuff going on in his personal life. He said he felt a bit like a zombie. And I said, "What? No way, you!" <laughs> but in fairness, to him, he didn't make any excuses afterwards. Or like, this is the first I think consummate professional, about, yeah. consummate professional. Yeah. But uh, I think people are people tend to do that to see guy you know at his worst and kind of see, oh, that's what he is. Exactly. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, but Rick Story beat him, so he's yeah. not going to beat Damian Maya. It's like it's mm. like oh, it's like what Graham does with every fighter. Like, oh, Frank Edgar got outstruck by uh, by uh, uh, what's his name, Graham Maynard. Uh, anytime, anytime you're talking about Cub Swanson in a fight, Graham goes, "Yeah, yeah," but he got knocked out. Frankie Edgar, Graham Maynard. Oh, I can't uh, even finish the uh, sentence. Uh, Graham Maynard's moving to 145. Actually, he's, yeah. Someone actually asked about that. What do you think about that? Who do you have him fight? Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez. <laughs> Did no. they fight? They fought before. Yeah, they? I think so. I think Probably, at 155, yeah. maybe. I don't know. He's Graham Maynard. That weight cut and his chin. Don't go well together, I don't think. And he's a big fucking 155 or so. Yeah. Um, Eamon McLean asks, who do you think would be a good replacement for Andrew when he gets snapped up by BT? When I get what? Snapped up by BT. <laughs> Look, if you think working with BT Sport is an upgrade on Severe MMA, then you have a <laughs> massive problem. But, but First of all, they're losing the license next year. We've already established that. Yeah. Second of all, I wouldn't want to outshine Gareth A. Davies in his role. And third of all... It's like, if I wanted to leave Severe MMA, I think I would have done it by this stage. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a, I've been here for three years and I'm still working towards the same thing. Like, literally, I'm a step short of getting a tattoo. <laughs> That's about it. Do you know what I mean? So, so, rest assured, no one is replacing me. I am not leaving. Unless I get massive amounts of money that I can afford to bring Graham, Sean and Petey with me, then I will be with Severe MMA until... That was kind of cute, actually, Sean. It would yeah, bring a tear to a glass eye. Probably get pizza into it. Who do you think uh, would replace me on camera? Io Daily on camera? Yeah, that's it. Like you have to realize, Sean. Right? Yeah, that's not. You're not just. You're not just. <clears throat> you're not just getting someone in to replace me. You also need someone to entertain you for an hour and a half, and I think that would be a testing enough position for anyone in the MMA world. Listen, no. Sean listen. Sheehan has. Folks, you should see the stuff he demands, right? I have to send him bottles of Evian water from France, imported. That's all he'll drink. Listen, now, do you know all these compliments you've been getting for that McGregor interview last day? Like, did you not see all? They're all because you've been talking to me. You get to talk to a star for an hour and a half every week. Jokes on you, motherfucker. They're all because I've made numerous fake Reddit accounts and (laughs) YouTube accounts. And it is very hard to Uh, keep it up. Like, um, there was, I put it on my Instagram. There was one I just posted. Like, look, if we're talking about internet trolls and stuff like that, I, I will look at them and I'll look through them to, and if I see a nice one, I'll be like, geez, that's really nice. And I'll probably send them a message saying, thanks very much for saying that. But if I see a bad comment, I don't care about it because you have to, re- like, you have to put yourself above, above that. First of all, I was an excellent troll back in the day on the, me- on the My Little Pony message boards. <laughs> so, uh, so look, I know the game. You're not going to get under this man's skin. Uh, but <laughs> I still do a bit of trolling every so often. Oh, yeah. No, you are, you are a troll. I'm a prick, But yeah. um, I, it's like, more than likely, and even this is why you shouldn't fucking pay any attention to trolls as well. You've already done more than any of these people ever will. So why does there, like, um, why does it matter what they say? Like, 
I just, I just block people. But um, you love yeah, block, But my of, what I did was uh, someone commented on YouTube worst interviewer of all time. Seriously. <laughs> So I, I screenshotted that and then took a picture of me looking upset and put it on my Instagram. And I said, I'm too fragile for the verbal nukes being dropped on me these days. Homie spitting pure fire. I like really bad comments like that sometimes. About me? About me. I like them because they're kind of funny. Like Yeah, that, the fact oh. that you have annoyed someone to the point that they want to... Like, there was yeah. one guy on that MMA junkie video I did that replied to like a lot of positive comments saying, no, it was shit. Like, there was just one guy, same account, like replying to any good comment, being like, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was awful. Oh, and then and then you have your mates, like my mates, who commented under it yesterday, I'd let that guy in the suit fuck my wife. Yeah. Which my mother saw. <laughs> is, is your mother Mary? Yes. She's always on Facebook. I was going at her there yesterday. Were you? Great woman. Okay. Um, we've a couple oh, of good you just there. said my mother's name. People are going to add her on Facebook. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, Daniel Bradley asked a couple of very good questions. Um, Cage Warrior is coming back. Is it coming back? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Boiling the spoofer. We'll see. Good question here. Uh, from Daniel Bradley again. At Powerful DBE. He often asks good questions every week. Um, were either of you inspired by any other MMA journalists? Does there anyone look up to you and who's your MMA journalist of the year? I suppose we've spoken enough bad things about fucking MMA journalists. Well, well say some good things. No one ever really did video interviews before I did them, so I think I'm pretty much the trendsetter in that. Yeah. Uh, so I think, like up and comers like Ariel Helwani, you probably saw my early stuff and thought, yeah, no, that's definitely something that I'd like to do. And obviously, I've helped him a lot throughout his <laughs> career, and I've gotten about thirty seconds into this without laughing, so I'm pretty, uh, pretty happy with that. Yeah. No, uh, to be honest, like I, we spoke, we have spoken about this before, but. If it wasn't for Ariel, I wouldn't have got credentialed into my first American US event. Uh, Conor McGregor fighting in Boston, Severe wasn't as big at the time. Um, Ariel put his neck out and got onto the PR people and said, "Look, this guy is is okay. <laughs> He's he doesn't know you very well, does he? What? He doesn't no, know no, you. he didn't. Well, I was able to pull the wool over his eyes, as they say, that was, Sean. That was a joke. And uh, that's how I got in. So to be honest, if it wasn't for Ariel, I wouldn't be here in any sense of the word." I, I wouldn't have known that MMA interviewing was a thing. I wouldn't have thought that's something I'd like to do myself. And I wouldn't have got credentialed into the, the first US UFC that I've been at. Since then, it hasn't been a problem. The website has grown exponentially. And uh, out of the, be- like, the best that person... That was about the time I started, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. I actually... <laughs> what? Oh, fuck you. I thought you were being serious there for a minute. I was like... I was. Uh, all right. <laughs> it's on me. Okay, I'll but, give it but no the best part like you're going to say Patrick Wyman I'm going to disagree the best person is Jordan Breen Jordan Breen is the best MMA like media member in the world uh, Cheap Seats with him and Greg Savage is probably the only podcast that I would listen to and even then I don't like I used to listen to it every week every single week without fail I used to listen to it when I was on the bus commuting now so much I don't really get to listen to them but every once in a while I will go back and listen and he's just Jordan like Breen is an encyclopedia a complete encyclopedia and that's about uh, I I don't know I just yeah the way I look at it is without wanting to sound like like licking up to other websites some websites do a brilliant job and just seem to employ people that fit fit into their like for for Severe's point of view you me PT Graham Dave are all very similar individuals does that make sense yeah and we kind of all fit around the same ethos of the website i 
Graham's adhering to rigorous standards, whatever that little Latin thing that I don't know, whatever the 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 tagline of the website. Yes. We don't go around. Ronda Rousey walks through an airport and she got the shit kicked out of her. Watch this video. You know, there's a higher level about it, and I think uh, websites like Sherdog and websites like MMA Fighting employ those people that kind of uh, they go by the standard that they they put out there. Bleacher Report has Wyman and Botter, two brilliant guys of what they do. That's about it. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, like you, I suppose, anyone that knows me probably knows that, like, I wouldn't be here only for Ariel as well. Like, he was, like, the first one that uh, that I was, like, watching and stuff and, and reading. And How annoyed are you that Sandu was in the studio? Oh, I'm just so jealous. Jesus. San, actually, I was just about, I was going to mention Sandu as well. I, just before that, I think guys as well, like, Ben Fox and uh, Chuck Minhal, who are, like, writers, I don't think they get enough appreciation, especially when it comes to, like, journalists of the year and stuff. They're like two of the best Dwayne Finley as well and Botter's just terrible just fucking awful but no Botter's very good I think this year Botter has actually been really good as well he's wrote some very good pieces and stuff um, I think there's a lot of kind of underappreciated guys as well Pete's definitely one of them um, James Lynch from over in Canada yeah, and- uh, Sandu as well and uh, Abby is it Sandu and Abby is that <coughs> yeah <coughs> what Oh, Andrew McGowan. No, oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, what a shock. Whoa, 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 thank whoa. you so much, Sean Sheehan. But, uh, yeah, there's, like, there's a lot of people doing some good work. Mike Fagan as well, I think. I Actually, I think they're stopping doing on Tether MMA podcast, but it's a brilliant podcast, especially when Patrick Whiteman was on as well. But um, who did you say was journalist of the year this year? I didn't. <laughs> you didn't, uh, didn't. I don't really, uh, to be honest, like, from getting to know him, and seeing the stuff that he does, I know some people aren't mad on it. Like, Bleacher Report got rid of him because they said it's not the direction that they're going on. Then Dwayne Finley goes and heads out to Albuquerque as part of a story, records a video that ends up going viral, and it's back on Bleacher Report. And they're like, this is an amazing video reaction from Holly Holm. It's like, you got rid of that guy. <laughs> you know, that could have been your footage, and now you're syndicating it and having to thank him. Like, I'd say for the effort and work and dedication that he puts into it, um... Dwayne Finley is probably definitely one of the one of the best. Like, yeah, he's very good in fairness. Yeah, um, like I think there's with this MMA award. It's fighters only. I think it's stupid just having journalists here. Like they need interviewer of the year, writer of the year, and probably a podcast of the year or something like that. Woo! But so we could, so Severe could take all three. Yeah, definitely. PC, me, and you and me. Yeah, definitely. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What? Um, I Patrick Wyman. I think I think he's the best. I don't think there's anyone as good as him out there. I think he, all right. He so Pizzi doesn't win an award, but you and me still get podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> Pizzi is enough. Pizzi is enough. Leave him alone. Okay, last question from Kieran Malone. What, what's his nickname? The bully or something is like that. The what's hater. The hater. Hater. Yeah, I love that nickname. Even though I can remember. Five minutes <laughs> to talk. We won't. You spend five minutes of boxing and pro wrestling. Did you see any of the boxing and pro wrestling over the weekend? All I saw of the boxing was the gif. Of Canelo landing the uppercut and then ducking from a left hook, and that yeah. looked glorious. But hey, did Cotto retire? I, I don't know. I haven't heard. I just watched the fight. I didn't read anything. I think anything he may afterwards. have retired afterwards. Don't did quote he, me on it he, though. He, um, I think it, it happens in boxing every every fucking boxing match. One person wins easily, 
and then a lot of people come on afterwards and go, oh no, he shouldn't have won. It was a closer fight, and the, I could see this other guy winning. No, Canelo beat the shit out of him. Like Canelo won that fight easily. He was so much bigger than him. He landed so many power shots, especially early on. Middle rounds kind of get got to be closer, but Canelo won again. Canelo looked brilliant. I want to see him fighting Triple G, but it was a it was a good fight. It was I thought it was a very very good fight. Um, you picked it over the UFC as well. <clears throat> no, I was kind of watching them both, both together at the same time. Yeah, uh, uh, Guillermo Rigondo, who and they're calling him Rigondio now, which is weird. He fought as well, and it's weird. I don't know if you do you know. Are you familiar with him? Yes, <laughs> but he's this guy, right? Who is the ultimate defensive boxer he never gets hit and he goes to like decision in all of his fights and just beats guys easily and the boxing world fucking hates him Dan do you know Dan Raphael that boxing ESPN like the big and bo- biggest boxing reporter in the world he fucking hates him just like tweeting his whole fight he's so boring and stuff what the fuck has happened to the sweet science like Floyd Mayweather has been doing this for 15 years yeah. and people love him people ovulate over Floyd Mayweather like. I, I think American now is I love watching him but maybe because I don't I, like I watch boxing maybe five or six times a year on the high school like, I'd watch the sky boxing and stuff and it's on in the weekend and stuff but um, yeah I, I appreciate him but I suppose I could see why he could become wearing on some people but I think the, the kind of MMA has kind of made Sean who cares we got uh, another world champion this weekend. Exactly. Seamus, did you see it? Sorry, finish your point about boxing. Yeah, but boxing is kind of, it, it's gone more entertainment now. They want to be entertained more than they want to look at the sweet signs. And I think MMA has influenced that a bit. But yeah, anyway, WWE, Seamus. Jesus, I, like, I hate Seamus and he's terrible. He's awful. He's like a terrible wrestler, terrible character and all. But it's good that I can just like make them memes of Irish wrestling, Irish people. <laughs> Finn Balor, <laughs> Conor McGregor <laughs> and Seamus. It's worth it for that. I love that because that drives American people fucking mad. Finn, <laughs> Finn has a touch of Conor McGregor about him. Yeah, Finn Balor's class. He's yeah. actually a really, really good wrestler. And he is the sort of never forget so, where he came from sort of thing. Like he's, he's from Dundalk or? No, he's from Bray. Bray, oh yeah. I believe originally. Yeah. He's uh, very good friends with a lot of the East Coast jiu-jitsu guys because he trained in a strength and conditioning gym that was, a, that, was that they did all their training in. So he's always uh, he's always back and forth. He's always putting it up on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, training with Alan Cherry in this gym, the guy that helped me get where I was sort of thing. So nice. he seems to be a good skin as they yeah. say and to be yeah, honest he could be one of the biggest stars that the WWE have have on their hands at the minute yeah definitely very good anything right. else what else happened at Survivor Series uh, Roman Reigns well Roman Reigns got beat Roman Reigns beat Dean Ambrose to get the vacant title and then Seamus cashed in his money in the bank and won the Undertaker had a terrible match with Bray Wyatt did the Undertaker um, win the Undertaker won did he retire he walked off, walked, retired for about the 15th time walked off with Kane so and that was about it. So the brothers of the destruction went to get yeah. dinner or something together. Hopefully, hopefully, Kane is retired because I hate him and he's the worst ever. Kane, like, I hate Kane. Kane, Big Show, Undertaker are all just names like that can't move anymore, and it's just like watching them. I don't know. Is just a struggle. Yeah, like watching the Undertaker at WrestleMania against Brock that time was just bad as well. Like that match could have been good a couple of years ago, but. The Undertaker shot, like completely shot, and he'll probably be back at WrestleMania. So I don't know why they're saying oh, he's retired. Like. He'll definitely be back. Oh well. Anyway, have you got uh, any inspirational? Go look up your inspirational quote, and I'll tell. Oh, I, I'll I tell have one. I have oh well, one. I was going to tell the good people where they can find us over the next week. Do tell them. Well, you'll find me at Battlezone. Anyone that's going to be there, uh, be there or be square. 
I definitely would recommend that there's going to be a pretty good amateur card on it to be fair when I was I didn't read out the names because it wouldn't have meant a lot to anyone but there are a couple of good amateur matchups in that card so definitely uh, get down to it Battlezone have announced their next show already for the end of January it's going to be in a new venue um, they're getting out of the Regency Hotel maybe they've just uh, outgrown it at this stage maybe early ticket sales are suggesting it's time to get a little bit bigger um, but if you want to get in touch with us over the next week send any questions you have for any topics we'll talk about them we're desperate for content at Severe MMA Pod if you want to get in touch in any other way maybe if you want to praise me particularly about how excellent my interview with Conor McGregor <laughs> no I can't even say that with a straight face Sean I'm sorry I got a new haircut as well. I, mean, I, I saw that. that. I forgot to mention that too. You look like a slick man. I like it. It's not quite the Andrew McGahan fade, but I don't know. What do we call it? The Sheehan style? Yeah, it's kind of... Like, I got my sister to cut it for me because I was just going to cut it all off, right? I was just going to go like... Shave. Tree all over. Hitman. But didn't you like cut the back and cut the sides? And I was like, Jesus, this is okay. Well, I just leave the top and I left the top then. Like, it was really, really long. Like, it's going, like, over my eyes. You know, it's, kind of, it's kind of like Ian McCall. Are you going for the top knot? I could actually put Vicious rumours around Limerick have begun circulating in the last couple of days. I would fucking punch myself in the face if I put it, ever put a top knot on. I might do it for a joke once. To do it, just to take like, a picture. Look like an, to look like an idiot, I might do it. I thought you were going to say to look like me. I was about to say <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that and then you said idiot. I was like, no, I'm going to not mention uh-huh. or link myself to this. But anyway, if you want to get, okay, you want to get in touch, tell Sean Sheehan how pretty his new haircut is. At Sean Sheehan BA. I'm at Andrew McGahan underscore uh, at Severe MMA and uh, recently developed Sean Sheehan is now setting up a social media company social uh, social media company yeah that's that's oh. the right phrase he's uh, going to be taking over people's Twitter accounts to get them more oh. followers so if you want to get involved in that send him a little message there is uh, the first the first prototype can we reveal who it is uh, we can't I don't think can no we? we can't because we want people not to know you're doing it yeah so if you want Sean to get you more followers but do it discreetly. Discreetly. Message him and offer him cash money and he will cash do it for money. you. I like little claw wedge. Bit of claw wedge. wedge. <laughs> claw wedge. Bit of claw wedge, man. Definitely. Bit of claw wedge. Anyway, Sean, to finish off the podcast, an hour and forty an hour and thirty eight minutes of people's lives. As always, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it from the bottom of our cold bitter hearts. But uh Sean, what do you what have you got to say to us to take us away? It's a good one this week. When you can't change the direction of the wind Adjust your sales. See you next week.